Thanks for joining us on the DDS Faith Podcast. Our prayer is that as we discuss what God has to teach us through His Word, we can all learn how to deepen, defend, and share our faith in Jesus Christ. Segment called Jeremy Plays with Snakes. That'd be good. And he literally goes and plays with snakes. Go. You need to go. <laughs> <laughs> it's like, I'm looking at my worst nightmare, literally. And it's just, it's just like, it's the two of you. It's videos of you guys just like throwing a rubber snake out on him when he's not expecting it. Right. And that's the whole segment. <laughs> I don't know. No, you were the rubber snake. He was the air horn. Yeah, the air horn. <clears throat> that got Did him you fired. ever see that? That got him fired. Yeah, that got me fired. Oh. So. <laughs> I got an air horn. I told Betsy about it because I didn't mm-hmm. want her to scream. And I go into Jeremy's office, and I'm recording on my phone, of course, and I've got an air horn. And I go into his office, I kind of peek in there. He's just real nice and just real <laughs> relaxed. And I just went, beep. <laughs> and he went, oh, oh. <laughs> Yeah, he scares easy. Uh, I remember oh, that. Oh, I gave a heart attack. Well, go ahead, sorry. <laughs> you would come home, and I'd have all the lights turned off. Remember that? Oh, and I'd just be hiding somewhere waiting for you, just to scare you. <laughs> I don't remember that. Today we're going to continue with this series we've been doing the last couple of weeks, looking at what Scripture says about roles we find in the church. And um, today we're going to talk about the deacons, which is a nice topic to talk about when it comes to churches, because what the Bible says the role of a deacon is is not what you see in a lot of churches. We know it's it's funny in just being at several different churches when you say deacons like I don't know there there's just kind of this negative sort of look mm-hmm. whenever you hear deacons it's like oh that's a deacon's kid you know or or a pastor's kid and you get kind of the same thing but you know oh they must be a deacon you know <laughs> Right, uh, and, and and they do it in kind of a negative connotation, and I, and I think sometimes that may be because of the way we form our churches, um, and you know I think we mentioned it a, a few times in the, some previous episodes about you know the church looking like a business, and though as a nonprofit organization in this country you have to have some business aspects, but it is not a business by any means, nor I do I believe we should operate as well. No, we'll, we'll touch on that. Before we get too far in, we should probably say, you know, people are wondering who's sitting there on the couch. Oh, yeah, who's that? They're Go used ahead. to seeing Tim in his little corner. <laughs> in the, his, his, top, little, top his, right of the his little Brady Bunch box oh. up there on the screen, but he's here live, and, live and in person. And yeah. in person. So. <laughs> Welcome, Tim. Yeah, thanks Smith. for having me. Yeah. I'm glad to. You look different off camera. I know. We've never met in person. Yeah, it's so. weird. It's kinda... I saw this. This is, cool. this is I, my worst nightmare I sitting wonder here. If he's going to look different on camera mm. to the audience. Oh. I don't know. You know he, he was, was on camera on camera. But the now audience. He's just on camera. I wonder if the audience can feel my anxiety right now sitting here <laughs> looking at the two of you sitting on the couch at the same time. So it's like, oh. This is not going to end well. Why does well. it scare you? This is not going to end well for me. Why does it scare you? Because at some point, you all will turn on me. <laughs> and We already have. I mean, it's happened no. a couple yeah. times Why off camera. Why do you camera. think we're over here and you're over yeah. there? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> you're actually in the hot seat. Uh, we're actually going to be interrogating you. <laughs> That's fine. Come at me, bro. <laughs> no, it should fill you, it should fill you, fill you with joy. That uh, is not what that fills me <laughs> with. Glad tidings. Mm. Oh, yeah. Very good. Very good. So... Let's look, first of all, what the Bible says a deacon is. What does Scripture say about the role of a deacon in the church? You want to start it, Timothy? Sure. Yeah. Um, yeah, I mean, the, the, one of the reasons why, right, like it's important that we, we talk about this and discuss and want to know what a deacon is and what's their role and, and how does the Bible define it is because there's only two offices mentioned in the Bible in the church elder pastor, um, and deacon. And so, um, obviously for a church to be healthy, we need to know what a deacon is. And so, um, the word, right, gets its root in the meaning of the word is servant. So a deacon is somebody, uh, defined by scripture who is, um, you know, meets certain qualifications in their character, uh, and, and in their character, then they are given this role of serving the church, serving the needs of the church. And we see the deacons first come 
uh, out of Acts chapter 6, where uh, the, um, the widows were being neglected. Uh, this was brought to the attention of the elders and the apostles, and they said, okay, we need to do something about this, and so they appointed uh, this new office of deacons. Well, they, they already pretty much had pastors because they were, they, were the, they were the disciples, the apostles right. that they had. And then, and essentially they got to a point where they were, you know, hey, this is too much for us to handle. Mm-hmm. We need to be able to do this sort of kind of ministry work. Let's get some other people involved where they can do some stuff that, not, not necessarily that we're neglecting, but that it's just right. difficult to get to. Yeah. Um, so they elected deacons to come alongside the pastors and to work for the pastor Mm-hmm. where they would serve uh, the people in the community and their church. It was right. widows and orphans. That was the original. Yeah, it, uh, it was necessary to make sure that, the you know, the, the one of the key identifying, you know, uh, qualities of the church is that we have a love for each other. Jesus said the outside mm-hmm. world will know that you are my disciples, by the way, that you love each yep. other. And so obviously, you know, when you have... Um, but also, another key important uh, factor of the church is the, the teaching of good doctrine. Uh, and so, um, like you were saying, they were, they were, the, the pastors needed to be devoted to prayer mm. and, and guarding, teaching. Well, uh, they had to study. Right. They had to study. Yeah. They had to, 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 to know the word, uh, to teach the word, and, uh, and then the other oversight uh, responsibilities. And so, um, for them to... to, to to do, and this is kind of maybe what happens a lot of times in churches that um, you kind of look at the pastor and expect him to be able to do everything, right? Uh, and it's just not possible. And even if they were fully qualified to do everything, there's not enough time in the day, right? Um, you know, there's not enough energy, you know, in your body, and so we you need to have other people who can kind of do things that are important, but maybe not as important as the teaching of the word and prayer, and so. Um, so to show genuine love for each other, we need to also be caring right. for each other. And so well, deacons fill that. And, and yeah, and that doesn't mean that the pastors don't do anything with right. widows and orphans. doesn't mean yeah. they don't do some of the jobs the deacons do. It's just that the deacons come alongside the pastor and help, you know, take care of those issues. Right. And, you know, um, for the longest time, you know, I've, uh, I've kind of added to that, you know, just culturally. So, you know, orphans and widows, okay, Orphans, for sure, still really struggling. Widows are doing a lot better nowadays um, mm-hmm. than they did back back in those days. What I would add to that would be single moms. Mm-hmm. There's a lot of single moms out there that really, really, really need help. Yeah. And I think the church should be coming up behind them hard and helping them all they can. But see, mm-hmm. a lot of them, a lot of churches, they're, they're looking at these single moms like, well, they had sex outside of marriage, so we're not going to mm. help them. Or they're divorced. Like, yeah, or, or they're divorced. Yeah. And it's just like, that is not a reason not to help somebody. Like, how could you do that? That's crazy. Well, and one of the things I have experienced, and this is just, again, they say the Southern Baptist Church. It mm-hmm. may not be an issue with Methodists right. or Lutherans or something. <coughs> but in the Southern Baptist Church, they really don't know how to minister to single people. Mm, yeah. We're, we are an anomaly to them because in their minds, it's, you know, husband, wife, children. Right. The church is so geared, it's so family-oriented. So when mm. you have a single parent, um, yeah, the, I'm sure there is. What do you do with them? Where do you go? Well, but then also I'm sure that they feel... Some of that, I don't want to say judgment, but, you know, there is a feeling you get when you're sitting in a church and looking at everything that's being geared and done for families, and you're like, well, you know, we don't have the typical Mm -hmm. family, so you're looked at as less than. Right. Which they wouldn't say that. No. But the way you're treated in the church, it implies Mm -hmm. that. Right. So, yeah, you're right on when you say single moms. Um, cause you got to remember back in the new Testament days, uh, a widow was completely dependent on her husband as right. far as, you yeah. know, whether she ate or not. Right. Um, but now, you know, a lot of women work, take care of themselves. They're self-sufficient. Yeah. Um, and that doesn't mean neglect the widows. No, no, not at all. I'm just saying add single moms to that. Right. That's all. 
But I mean, <clears throat> also back in the when this when the New Testament was being written, I'm sure the average age of a widow was probably a little younger than it was. That's probably true. Now, yeah. um, people were getting married um, younger then, right? But yeah, single. I would agree with single mothers, but you have that almost stigma in right. in the church of when someone's not married right. and they're past a certain age and not married. So mm. I, I know all, all three of us, we've seen, uh, we've seen sort of how deacons, uh, tend to, their role tends to look in the church. Um, so really that's, that's all it says biblically about them. They're, they're, mm. I mean, it gives you the qualifications for a deacon, uh, like in, in Timothy, but as far as a deacon's role, that's it. Widows and orphans going and doing and serving the church in that particular way. So let's I guess, stress that again. And that's yeah, it. that's it. <laughs> yeah. Um, so what have you guys observed deacons doing that's beyond now now here, here's here's the deal. There's nothing wrong with deacons going above and beyond widows and orphans. But right. what if they're doing other things, but they're not worrying about the widows and orphans? Have you what have you guys seen deacons doing in place of that? I think I mentioned last week or week before one of the biggest tragedies in the church happened when, I don't know, I'm going to assume it happened maybe sometime in the 40s or 50s, mid 20th century, uh, when someone decided the church should operate like a corporation. Mm. So you needed CEOs, you needed a board. Now, if it's a church is being a nonprofit organization, you are required by law to have. Yes, a you board have of to have those things. What would happen though is a lot of churches would decide, oh, we'll just have our deacons be the board of directors, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and unfortunately, that leads to um, power trips. Yep. And people that aren't qualified to... People that are not qualified. There was a church that I was in where a lot of the men who served as deacons were retired CEOs Mm -hmm. of some business. Now they are retired, and they don't have anybody to order, boss around anymore. (laughs) Oh, but I'm a deacon in a church. I get to make decisions. It is a place of leadership, but it's it's leadership just like how Christ. You kind of go from the bottom up. Yeah, it's a servant leadership position, right? And it's it's, uh, you know, the qualities that you want out of a deacon is somebody who, um, loves and wants to serve, is humble, um, you know, uh, shows generosity with their with their time and their, um, gifts. You know, uh, it's. That's why, you know, in Acts chapter 6, when, when they said, hey, go out and, and select, you know, some men of good repute, um, they have already had a good reputation amongst right. the church. Um, and so they were, you know, emulating. And so it's like, you know, like Jesus says, the first will be last and the last will be first. Like there's there's something, you know, biblical about this. Like I don't, like I want to serve. Jesus came to serve us. Right. And so like it is on the bottom tier as far as like, you know, having an authoritative, you know, control in the church, but that's like, that's actually a good thing for that role because they're free from the, you know, administrative and oversight Mm -hmm. responsibilities to just go and serve and love on people. And, uh, and, you know, the deacons can, when functionally right, be, be a great example of the gospel to the church and to the world outside. Um, and so, Really, we're, it's a disservice when they start getting into, you have like, you know, the deacon committee and they're the board of directors and they're making decisions about personnel and they're making decisions about, you know, the oversight stuff of the church uh, or doctrine or, or, you know, anything's going through them and the chairman of the deacons because um, they're missing out on a very fulfilling role. They're getting bogged down mm-hmm. in things that they're not meant to get bogged down exactly. into. And then, like you said, there's a qualification issue possibly i was at a church where um like our elders i was you know an elder among other elders and eventually all the elders kind of trickled out and i was the last man standing and so our church kind of got scared and they voted we had a uh, a uh, um 
trustee committee. And they were basically responsible for just taking care of the building and the property. They didn't have any authority or oversight. They actually, you know, worked under the oversight of the elders. And the church just voted them in to be like a board of directors to come alongside me because they were afraid of, you know, hey, we got one guy. And um, and I was kind of saying, hey, there's other pastors in the church that we could maybe right. incorporate temporarily for a plurality of elders. Um, and uh, but they were afraid of outside, you know, interference. Um, and so they, they voted these people in. None, none of them were, were biblically qualified to hold the, past, you know, the position of an elder. And uh, and that that caused a lot of problems. And I, I pleaded with the church, don't don't vote this way. This isn't biblical at least slow down and right. really define what we're doing. Um, but it, it causes a mess uh, when you have the deacons not uh, fulfilling the role that God intended and, and right. in, instead stepping into other things. Well, and you know what, I, what I've seen is, I mean, I had a deacon come up to me one day and tell me, you know, they were the elders of the church. And I was like, hmm. Deacons are not elders. Like these are separate things. Uh, the qualifications mm. are different. Even yeah. you know the two big differences between a deacon and a pastor or elder is um, uh, deacons are not required to be able to teach. Number one, and they're not required to uh, administrate. Like it's it's mm. in there. That's what it talks about. It talks about how the pastor leads the church, not mm-hmm. the deacon. You've got a lot of churches that just flat out don't understand what the words mean. Uh, I remember interviewing with churches and would always ask, well, who's in charge? Is it committees or is it elders? Mm -hmm. Who's leading? And a lot of times they would interchange the word deacon and elder. Like Uh they thought it was the same. And it's clearly not in scripture. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Why would you need two different qualifications? (laughs) Right. If it was the same person you know the the last church that i was on or on staff at um the pastor who was there when i began he retired about a year after i got there about how many months after you got there about five about yeah um and then he left and there was this power struggle between the deacons and the personnel committee about who was really in charge. Mm. And I remember uh, the chairman of the deacons at the time saying that when that pastor had come in, now he had been there for, I think, 12 years. Mm -hmm. So when he came in 12 years ago, or whenever he came in, one of the things that he did was make sure... The deacons were what, fulfilling their biblical fulfilling roles. the biblical duties, like <laughs> because they weren't. They were doing I other think, things. I think what was said to me was something along the lines of, "Well, yeah, he really upset a lot of people because he changed the responsibilities of the deacons and took a lot of uh, responsibilities away from Don't them." You and, hate it when pastors, you know, the Bible? and now you know they were just <laughs> servants. And I, you know, I think he and I were had a little closer relationship. I mean, so I looked at him and said. Like the Bible says, the deacons <laughs> are supposed to be, right? So how does it get that way? How how do how do deacons end up in that position? Well, you know, and that's kind of a, a another thing. I, you might have mentioned this in a previous episode, but uh, I know it's it's come across my mind multiple times. But in what job do you go to where the volunteers um, mm-hmm. run the show? <laughs> like the right. professionals do it. The people that have had experience. Um, and education, and in our case, calling, you know, not these random people, you know. Right. I'm not being ugly to those people, but it's just like, that's not how this is supposed to be run. Well, I mean, and I mentioned it before, it's like, you know, I don't know anything about cars. Yeah. Why in the world mm-hmm. am I going to a dealership or garage to get my car fixed and then stand over? I don't over, think it's that. Stand over them saying, hey, you don't, you don't know what you're doing. Hey, I have driven a car for 20 years, yeah. I know everything I know about everything cars. about a car. Yeah. <laughs> what a joke. That's and you, so you might have somebody who's a deacon who could be biblically qualified to be yes. an elder, um, but hasn't been appointed for this reason or that reason. Or maybe, you know, there are, you know, different, you know, requirements. You know, I when I think of an elder, 
um, I th- you know, they have to be, you know, qualified uh, and willing and able, meaning they, they, they have the ability time-wise to put into it. Um, you can't just be a bench warmer. <laughs> you have to get involved. Yeah. Um, you're willing to do it, mean, meaning you can be qualified but not willing. Okay, you, then you, you're not going to be an elder. Um, you might be qualified to be an elder but not willing to do that role or have the time to do that role. And so maybe instead you're, you're a deacon and you're right. perfectly qualified as a deacon. And so it's, it's, not, it's not a diss on the deacons. It's just, it just saying that they're fulfilling a different role within the church. Correct. Um, you know, for, for, you know, a multitude of reasons. And you might have, you know, uh, and it's not a diss on the congregation because you have probably qualified people uh, and, and at, all believers are qualified to do, you know, some sort of work of the ministry. And, uh, and so it's just these roles have a specific, you know, uh, calling and, and qualification and responsibility. Uh, and so not everybody is called to that. And not everybody is willing to do it. Not everybody is able to do it. Not everybody is qualified to do it. And so that doesn't mean that, that uh, you know, one is lesser than the other in, in, in the importance of right. their role within it's the church. It's a different role. Um, but there are, there are, you know, it's like, um, you know, uh, I've led worship teams and, uh, and we have, I've always had, you know, tryouts and, you know, make sure that, that you can sing or you can play your instrument. Um, and, and that's a protection for them and a protection for the church. Um, and so the distinguishment between these roles and responsibilities is a, is a pr- protection for the church, for the purity of the church, for the, the, the keeping the mission uh, what it's supposed to be. And so, yeah, it's definitely not a, not a, uh, saying anything negative to say, Hey, you might not be qualified for this role or this position. Right. It doesn't mean that you will never be. Um, but, uh, we have a, when you have a church, you have, uh, many people who are at different places in their spiritual maturity. Um, and like the Bible even says, like a new convert is not allowed to be an elder. Right. Um, and so, uh, but, but, it, it just means that we're loving each other where we're at and encouraging each other to press further in their faith, to grow closer into the image of Christ. Um, and we're all on that journey, no matter where you're at yeah. in the journey. And you know what I've, I guess the negative connotation that we see in deacons is not the biblical role and what they're supposed to do. Mm-hmm. It's what they're, what many of them actually just do, yeah. you know, and we talked about being a servant leader we talked about humility, and I've seen that in deacons. I have seen deacons. Mm-hmm. I mean, when I when I came to the church that you were talking about, right. when I came there, their deacons were doing exactly what the Bible was said that mm-hmm. they should be doing. And they were doing a good job. They had I mean, each and one of them had a family. I mean, it was fantastic. That pastor implemented yeah. implemented that right, mm-hmm. and that's the way it should be. And as soon as he left, I mean, that kind of digressed, and mm-hmm. you know, oh, as soon as it left, it was like yeah. Almost kids in a candy store going, okay, I can go back to doing... <laughs> yeah, people, right. people were waiting. Yeah. They were, it really, I've seen that in churches. really was. Our well, hearts have not really changed on this matter, but we're kind of like yeah. submitting during this time. And then when the opportunity provides itself, it's like, right. we're going to go right back to how we were before. Well, I've seen, I've seen several deacons that I've worked with that, I mean, they get their deaconship and they just... There's so mm. much pride and you can see it in them at the mm. way they walk into a room the the way they speak, the way they say certain things, um, you know. I, I remember there was a church that I was at that um, didn't like that I was not teaching out of the Lifeway curriculum. I was writing my own. Um, How dare you? I, yeah. And um, <laughs> anyway, they asked me point blank. They said, "What would you say if we wanted you to teach out of Lifeway and you do this curriculum?" And I responded, I would need to pray about it. Deacon Jared comes to me after that meeting and comes and talks to me and says, that was incredibly arrogant what you said, that you would have to pray about it. I'm like, what? Like, what do you mean arrogant? Like, you teach your Sunday school class, right? He's like, do you pray about it before you teach it? Or do you just go and teach whatever you want? Like, uh, no, I'm not going to do that. Absolutely not. That is my line. I'm asking God for wisdom. 
Exactly. Not you. Admitting <laughs> that I don't have it and I need it from somewhere outside of myself. Exactly. How is that arrogant? Yeah. That's ah, crazy. Well, that's funny. and it's interesting. Again, I'm going to go back to the, the church that we were, that we were at. Um, you saw a great, you, I mean, you literally saw the difference in the two men who, um, was the deacon chairman oh, yeah. at the time when that, the, the pandemic year. hit. Mm-hmm. Um, and if there was a person in that church who could have played the the power card, it would have been him. Oh, I yeah. mean, his granddad started right. that church. He's a legacy or whatever yeah. you want to yeah. call it. But I remember, you know, the pandemic hit and we were having to do things differently, mm-hmm. you know, it was a whole new world, and how how do you how do you approach ministry? How do we still do services and stuff? Right. And I remember he would ask us. I mean, mm-hmm. He'd ask me. He'd ask you. You know, what do you guys think? Well, how she was very humble. Yes. Mm. Now, a year goes by. He rotates off, and the person that gets voted into his place, total opposite. Oh, polar opposite. Huge time. power trip. You know, I grew up in this church. I've been here, and it wasn't any more coming and um, talking with us and wanting our ideas and opinions on things. Now he was just coming in, and he was just going to tell us, "Right, this is what's mm-hmm. going to happen," and this is what. And I remember going to the previous we deacon didn't know chairman, what it's like being a pastor, but he did. And I said. <laughs> Because there was some talk that maybe he was going to do another term. Right. And then that didn't work out. And this guy, so I went to the other guy and I said, all right, I'm telling you right now, I'm not going to last a year with this guy. Yeah. I, you know, and I wasn't. I I was gone, you know, about nine months into his. Now, there were other extenuating circumstances and things. He was part of the toxicity. Right. In that church. You know, being ugly to people, and there's this, uh, there's this entitled sense when people be, get elected as deacons, and they, they feel like they can almost do whatever they want. And, you know, I've seen some of these deacons... With how no they, consequences. Right, and how they talk to people. I remember there was uh, one instance that... Uh, I'm sorry, one. There were several instances where... <laughs> I was going to say, I've which seen, one? I've seen deacons just blast people they blast mm. the secretary they blast the associate pastor they yeah. they blast me and anybody else that got in their way and it's like okay let's think about this really quick you know the way the church sees this the deacon is on top and i'm on the very bottom okay all right if i were to talk to someone like that i would be fired instantly like there would not mm. be a hey uh, don't you think you should apologize or something no like i would be gone Right. But these guys do it like it's like it's just that's normal yeah. and nothing ever happens. And it's like that's not right. We cannot ha- serve our churches this way. One of the first major controversies that that came up during the pandemic, you had a lot of people they knew the man that was responsible for it. It was mm-hmm. one man and, you know, two other ones he kind of uh conspired with. Right. And when everything came out in the open and people started getting upset. A lot of people were going, well, you know, and they found out who was the cause of it. They were like, yeah, well, oh, no wonder. Like, that's just, he's always been that way. And I'm like, and you've allowed it. Right. You have allowed Mm -hmm. that person to behave that way for decades. So now they're just entitled and think that they can do whatever they want to do. And there's no consequences. And, you know, well, there is. But it's not for that individual. It's well, the yeah, no consequences for, the for them. Because yeah. then people leave the church and they don't want to come back because they have some sort of bad experience with people not doing things right. how they're supposed to do. Guys, we got to focus on what the Bible says. Can we do a little bit more? Absolutely. But yeah. when you're going into deacons meetings and the majority of the deacons meetings that I've been a part of, all they talk about the, is the finances of the church. <laughs> what? Like that's mm-hmm. so we gotta yeah. that's why we got a, a finance committee or whatever like that that's why we have them that's not why we have deacons um, deacons are not to do administration and and these guys specifically said you know we're here to do all the administrative stuff of the church that so the pastor mm-hmm. doesn't have to and I'm like 
That's literally opposite of what the yeah. Bible says. Right. And, <laughs> and, and it, you know, the, the deacons, when we, we talk about their role being that of, of servant, the word literally means servant. Right. Um, and, and, and taking care of the, the, <coughs> the needs of the, of the church. Um, like, we also acknowledge that in, in most churches, um, even that is not enough. And so they're, they sh- should also be rallying the body of Christ to be caring for one another. And so they're making sure that these things are happening. It doesn't necessarily mean that they're every instant that they're doing everything because there's not enough of them probably to go around. And so they should be very busy with getting the body of Christ involved yeah. in serving the body of Christ and, and taking care of needs and, 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 uh, and, and doing those, those sort of things that, that, and now, you know, the way, uh, the modern society is structured, uh, it, there's a lot more piled on to churches that churches have to be responsible for buildings and paying the electric bills and, you know, all of these other different things that, you know, the, the first century church didn't have to deal with because they were meeting in somebody's home or, right. um, and so, um, all the more the deacons should be very busy and attentive to, to these things. And if they're, if they're getting sidetracked onto, you know, the finances of the church and, and, and these things, not to say that you might not have a deacon who's, you know, takes care of that or, or, you know, churches arrange the, the duties and responsibilities of the deacons differently, but, you know, the the there should be a major focus on the body of Christ itself and yeah. there's enough people and i would venture to say that there are enough people there are probably more people in our churches that are hurting that have needs that need people to come alongside them and and a lot of that is maybe because we're too silent we're not transparent enough with one another but if we had deacons who generally were seeking out ways to love the body of Christ and be there and be present and and serve. And we saw all the deacon went over to this person's house because they said they had a need and they they went or they rallied a team together. And maybe now I feel a little more comfortable sharing my need yeah. that I've been afraid to share because I don't want people to judge me or I don't want to. And But if you have, you know, very judgmental deacons who are always <laughs> nitpicking at everything, then you're not going to share your needs with them because exactly. you're going to be afraid of what they're going to think or say. Right. Or respond, and it, so yeah. it, it's there has to be this like propelled from love, uh, and if your if your deacons are not you know, it, like if they're meeting together and the the main focus is in love and service, then there's something wrong. Yeah, well, you know, there, there's nothing wrong with doing more, but if you're not doing your biblical mm-hmm. mandate of what God tells you to do, if you're not doing the minimum, yeah. then you shouldn't be doing this more stuff. Well, mm-hmm. and the church that I was in at in Virginia. You had uh, the board of deacons who they would oversee and handle administrative things as well, but a majority of the meeting times was spent looking at service opportunities. Mm. Who needs, you know, somebody would organize free oil changes. All right, what weekend are we going to do that? Who's going to do this? Who's going to pick this up? Um, Meal deliveries, you know, things like that were being discussed in meetings for the majority of the time, you know, and then you get to some administrative stuff, but you know, that board was very service oriented. That's the way it should be. Mm-hmm. That's fantastic. Two, uh, two additional things come to my mind, uh, who appoints the deacons Oh yeah. and what does the church look like when you have a healthy, uh, group of deacons? Mm. Uh, how, how is the church benefited from that? Um, how does that make the church healthy? Those are two kind of questions that popped into my head. Yeah. You have uh, an answer for those? <laughs> I'm, I'm lofting that. Forward. Oh, you're you're yeah. throwing it yeah, out. I'm okay. throwing it out there. So, uh, from what you see in Acts, you know, I, I do believe that it says, um, you know, select from among you deacons. So it sounds like he's talking. They they were talking to the people. So that would be something that uh, the congregation could elect our deacons. I may be misreading that, um, but but I do believe that's that's sort of what it says. Who meet the qualifications yes. set forth? Yes, which those qualifications don't—they're not given out until several years after they select their first deacons. True. Um, so you know that—that's a little interesting just to think about. I'm not—I'm not sure how far apart that would be, just considering Acts is several years versus mm-hmm. Timothy is just like right here. You know? And I think a lot of churches—that's what they do. Their deacons are uh, voted on 
or nominated right. and then voted on by mm-hmm. the congregation. What I have seen over the last few years, though, is it's a certain number of individuals. So it's the same names that keep, mm-hmm. you know, here's the ballot for this year's deacons, and it's the same, mm-hmm. you know, <laughs> it's like they just 15, the 20 names. From last year. Yeah. Um, very rarely is there a new, I mean, and I, I hate to keep harping on that, but, I mean, that was that way at the church in Tennessee. It was the same the same group, just, you know, one would rotate off and then, okay, it's this year for this other guy's coming back on. And you never saw any. Well, they about knew who the next chair was going to be. Yeah. <laughs> like they were like, oh, yeah, two years from now, it's going to be so and so. Like, yeah. What? <laughs> Which, you know, it's, again, that, because I saw, I saw the other guy coming down the, mm-hmm. coming down the pike and went to the, the previous guy and said, don't you want to do one more year? Just stick it out. One, please. <laughs> I begged him, you know, I begged him to stick I around did. for a year. He begged me not to resign. And in the end, <laughs> both of us did not get what we wanted. Now, my home church, uh, again, most of my life growing up was very, what you would consider a very traditional Southern Baptist. You know, my grandfather was, you know, he, that's just not the way Baptists do it. And you know, you mean biblically, <laughs> right? The the Baptist Bible, yeah. And you know, he he would teach the new believers class, which was basically you know the Bible faith and message. Uh, but I, in the last five, six, seven years, um, they've had some new faces come on their deacon board. Some younger guys who have stepped up and you know said because for a long time I remember they would go and ask. Uh, some younger guys and be like, no, I don't, I don't think I'm ready for that because in their minds, the deacons were the older guys mm-hmm. of the church. They were yeah. the old men. The deacons are the old men of the church. Don't ask me to be a deacon. I'm only 30. Mm-hmm. I'm not old enough to be. <laughs> yeah. um, but at that church, that seemed, that idea seems to be going away because you're getting some new faces on the deacon That's good. board, which is exciting to see. And they're bringing the new ideas, you know. Right. One of the new guys was like, hey, let's offer free oil changes on one Saturday every month for yeah. people in the community who can't afford to take their cars in yeah, Walmart definitely. or wherever and get, get the oil changed. That's something that's, uh, you know, I've always found kind of curious. Uh, I've been a Baptist my whole life. I've been a Southern Baptist my entire adult life. I'm now currently... Uh, Pagan. Yeah, no. <laughs> trying to figure out where me and the Southern Baptists kind of fit together. Um, I'm not a Congregationalist anymore, uh, so uh, that's where I might differ from you guys a little now, bit. What's Congregationalist? Yeah, well, Congregationalist is would be like your pastor-led, but uh, Congregational, you know... Uh, they vote. They vote on things. They have certain things that they have, you know, uh, authority in. Um, the Congregation has a lot of the authority. Right. Yeah, they appoint the elders. We personally would be co- congregationalists. The churches we've been oh, definitely on staff at have yeah. definitely been congregationalists. I've never been in a church that was, you know, more focused on elder. It was always focused on the congregation. Yeah, and very Americanized. You know, the sheep were telling the shepherds. <laughs> right. Yeah. Where? Yeah. Where they were hey, going to uh, go? Hey, sheep. Mm. Uh, which Which way do you think we should go? You know, (laughs) that place over there looks kind of good. What do you guys think? Now let's go over there. Okay. Yeah, we want you to lead us, but you you don't have any authority. (laughs) Right. Uh, Yeah. It's it's assumed in a leadership role, right? In oversight, Uh, you have to have authority. But so so, uh, kind of my perspective has changed over the years. But I've always thought it was curious that um, you have these churches where the deacons um, are voted in and out, where you have this this revolving door of deacons in and out. And I've always thought, well, for the biblical role, why vote them out? They're, they're just serving. Yep. They don't hold yeah. any authority within the church. It's- and so like they should just remain. But I think what happens is when you imply uh, this authority, that's not there in scripture, it, then you have to have this like, okay, we're going to vote. We need yep. to change the guard, so to speak. So nobody, yeah. And this is something I found in Baptist churches, by and large, there is this fear of corruption within the church government. And so we put all of these checks and balances 
And, and sometimes I just want to say to my, my Baptist brothers and sisters, like, listen, any form of governance can be corrupted. So let's just mm-hmm. look at the Bible and, do what, it and says. do what it says. Yeah. And yes, somebody could corrupt that by being uh, evil and sinful in the way that they approach things. But it's, it's less likely, actually, for that to happen than it is when we go outside of what Scripture says and create our own structure and our own ideas and our own, <clears throat> you know... Uh, uh, we base it on America's governance. Yeah, exactly. We, we do what we're comfortable with, and we're very democratic. Oh, yes. We want to have our voting rights. Mm-hmm. Um, and that is not submitting to Christ. I, you know, look at the Old Testament as God is leading the children of Israel through the desert, um, find me the committee meeting <laughs> where they voted on and approved the Ten Commandments. Mm. The bylaws. Yeah. Find find me the yeah, the bylaws. <laughs> yeah, it's just kidding. <laughs> find me the find me the translation that because that's gotten hey, left that out was of it. Mm-hmm. God like, you know, struck lightning on stones and carved them out. And I'm so I'm old school sometimes, and I've been in congregationalists. I've been in congregations where I'm like, Lord, a nice smiting would be good, right about. <laughs> what now. happened to that, Lord? Yeah, like, come like on. when's the last time we, you know, you really smited? Good old fashioned smiting, Lord. I'm not the best one to judge that though, because I can be reading through the Bible, and God is ready to eliminate <laughs> the nation of Israel. And then Moses stands between him and goes, no, you can't do that. I'm like, Moses, get out of the way. <laughs> yeah. He was early on in his ministry. He didn't know any better. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. You're, you're pro more Korah's rebellion kind of results. <laughs> we're but just yeah, kidding. It, just to be clear, we were yeah. kidding on that. Like, okay, continue. Sorry. Was I kidding? I mean, I said what I said. You so. did. Um, but yeah, we we want, we're, we're an American. Nobody's going to tell me. And the nation of Israel was a theocracy. God was not a in democracy. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it was not a democracy. They did not get a vote on, mm-hmm. you know, are we going to wander for 40 years or 30? Like, there was no vote taken on that. Um, <laughs> the church is not a democracy. Let me say that again. Preach the, it. The church is not a democracy. I think I might mm-hmm. zoom in on you. Uh, so, do like a digital zoom. <laughs> um, the that is it is the Lord's church. Now we are all mm-hmm. imperfect humans trying to do His will. But I mean, when I was leading, I was trying to be. You know, I mentioned a few weeks ago the pastor was very adamant one time about patriotic music. Mm. All right. In my spirit, that just seemed wrong right. to me. Mm-hmm. So I went and I sought out and had a conversation. To use it as worship. The patriotic yes. music is fine. Yes. To use it as worship. In a worship That's setting. Yeah. I'm with you. Where the lyrics take the focus off of worshiping God and put right. it on worshiping his creation, the land. And, yeah. Um, I'm proud to be an American. Yeah. That at church. <laughs> yeah, like, what? Yeah. Um, <laughs> So I went and I had a discussion with Todd's wife, Vicky, who was, uh, she'd been in the Air Force. She was an Air Force yeah. veteran. And, I, you know, I mentioned, we talked about that in our American Christianity episode. But, yeah, the, the American church, is, it's not a democracy. God is the one in charge. Mm-hmm. And I would, I would have deacons, personnel guys come in and just give me orders. Right. This is what's going to happen. And a lot of times you just nod your head, let them say what they want to say. They leave, and then you go back to doing what the Lord told you to do Where, to begin with. And, you know, many people may hear this as arrogant, and I might even cut it. I don't know. Um, but as pastors, we are not here to do what you think God wants us to do. We are no, here to do what God wants us to do. That's not arrogant at all. Well, and, and we, we have to because because our only authority comes from Scripture and from Christ mm-hmm. being at the, at the head of the church. And so we are we are responsible to Scripture. Right. We are responsible to to Christ, who is the head of his church. Um and, and if we waver from that, then <clears throat> then uh one, we're not glorifying God, and two, we're not aiding the church. 
uh, in being healthy, in, in growing in maturity in Christ. Uh, and so it's, it's not a power trip thing. It's yeah. a, it's a mm. commitment to the duty and responsibility of the role. Well, and part of the problem with the discussion that we're having right now, I'm going to reference a future video that's going to come out, uh, um, after we do this, um, mm. But, you know, the, the first thing we think of, well, if we don't do the deacons how we do it, well, then we're just going to have this one dictator pastor. Mm -hmm. And that's your problem. And right. please uh, check out the video on uh, plurality, on, on of, plurality elders. of elders in yes, two we're, weeks. We're going we're gonna to discuss this very same thing um, and, and how to, you know, because there are several problems. With mm -hmm. taking the power away from the deacons of the congregation and giving it to one man. I absolutely yeah. agree. That's a problem. Right. Uh, but we'll discuss that uh, in in a uh, in a couple of weeks. Um, really, the only yeah. power, only power a deacon is supposed to have is serve. Exactly. Mm -hmm. So exactly. You know, it's a great uh, power to have. Yeah, it is. It's absolutely. It's 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 excellent. Would you and say on, uh, that it is a superpower? <laughs> mm. Yes. It's a superpower. <laughs> it's so super. Continue. <laughs> so. The last thing I kind of wanted to mention was, um, uh, I think, to be a, mis a misinterpretation of Scripture. So when it, and we're specifically talking about deacons, you know, it says, I don't know if this goes with pastors, pastors too, but it says, husband of one wife. Now, <laughs> I'm not going to get on the whole divorce thing. Or single or, thing. I'm going to get on the single thing. Oh, we are. That is what I'm going to get okay. on. Okay. Okay. Preach uh, on. Yeah. yeah I, I don't, I don't want to get onto women pastors and even that, that's a stupid implication to say, okay, it's his husband of one wife, therefore it can't be a woman. That's a stupid right. reason to, to say that. There are other reasons to not have a woman pastor. Um, I hate when people use scripture that's like subpar in doing their explanation. Oh, and it's like yeah. this one does better. Another thing I wanted to mention was uh, really just the qualifications of deacons, and this will go to pastors as well. But it's uh, a poorly misinterpreted scripture where people take out the must be a husband of one wife. Well, that means you know you have to be married. That means mm -hmm. you're not allowed to be single and be a pastor or a deacon. And there's people that really believe this, but in the context of Scripture, it's most likely, not most likely, it is talking about polygamy. You should not have more than one wife, is what it's mm. saying. If you're married, if you're not married, that's okay. I mean, if if it's if it if it is bad and it's like okay, no, you cannot. You have to be husband and wife. Sorry, Jesus, you you yeah. can't pastor this church. You're gonna have to get out of here. Or Paul. Know? Or Paul, get out. You know. <laughs> Like, uh, well, that I mean, needs to go away in our qualifications. Yeah, single the, people I mean, are not disqualified just because they're single. Yes, but that's what we what we, Jared was talking about earlier. Early, mm -hmm. you are. You're not. They don't come right out and say it, mm -hmm. but you are disqualified. I yeah, mean, they disqualify I, you. Yeah, I talked to dozens of churches who we'd have a great initial conversation. And as soon as the fact that I was not married came up, not married, no wife, no children, conversations were over. Yep. And I had a friend of mine who was on a church staff in Georgia, and their worship leader left. And we were talking, and I said something about, all right, so who do I need to send my resume to? And he just said, don't even waste your time. He said, they will not even consider you because you're single. And so well, see, see, I said, so what you're telling me is Jesus Christ himself right. could not get a job at your mm -hmm. church. What, what you yeah. need to understand is, you know, single people are more likely to commit adultery. <laughs> yeah, right. Like what? Yeah. There like, are more single people getting divorced today <laughs> than married people. This, they, well, watch out for them. What is so interesting to me is... The reasons, I'll just, from my experience, the reasons why I was not allowed certain opportunities because I was not married, mm -hmm. because once you, once people say, oh, well, he's not married, oh, he's over 25 and not married, then the assumptions start rolling in. They just start making up stuff right. 
about you, the way you live your life, Ugh. you know. But one of the churches I got in right out right out of college, you know, wasn't married in my mid twenties. Um, there was a lady in the church who was my mother's age, who was the Sunday school <coughs> director and was taking it upon herself to try to kind of show me the culture of the church and who people were and um she just kind of adopted me. Her kids were the same age as I was. And, um, but stories started circulating that we were having an affair. And it was like, really? If they don't know, they'll just make it up. And, and, and that, how, how many people came up to you and said, hey, I have a no. question. Is this going on? No, it didn't come up until the pastor said something mm -hmm. to me about it. because They people just would, rumored it around the they church. They rumored it around. Yeah, and forget then Matthew somebody, 18. We don't have to do that. Yeah. yeah. It rumored it around. Somebody said something to the pastor, and he mentioned it to me. And I'm like, are you? And I started, I was going to laugh until I realized he was being serious. <laughs> mm -hmm. uh, but, I mean, that, you know, assumptions are made when you're not married. And it's kind of like, well, you know, do a Google search for all these church scandals over the last... 20 years. They're not done by single people. You're not going to find a whole lot of single pastors who have been arrested or yeah. caught now, in some kind of a... You're not going to find a whole lot of single pastors, but... Well, you know, yeah, period. Yeah. But, I mean, the, the, the point still stands that, you know, just because you're single does not disqualify you from being a deacon no. or a pastor. Um, Paul says it's actually an advantage. Yeah, he does. In 1 Corinthians 7, he says it's an advantage. If you, and if you can't hire Paul. Right, yeah. Well, Paul wouldn't get hired at a lot of these churches. Yeah. So. yeah. <laughs> that's, maybe that's it. You know, I yeah. just need to get better at not getting hired. You yeah. Know? Then I'll feel better about myself. <laughs> the, the less churches are willing to hire you, probably the better your theology is. <laughs> that's hilarious. Yeah, that's, that's yeah. funny, that's but it's probably terrible, true. But probably I'm so probably true. true. But are you kidding? Truth. It's kind of like a just it's, kidding, it's but seriously. It's one of those jokes that has a little bit of truth to it. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> And then another thing you need to think of when you're talking about, you know, single people and their qualifications and um, being able to serve. What if you've got somebody who's divorced? Mm. Where does that? Because you have a lot of churches like once you are divorced, you might as well walk around with a big red D on your. Right. Mm -hmm. Well, you know, I know. People will take the scriptures and they'll they'll say, OK, over here, Timothy, it says husband of one wife. All right. Well, that means, you know, you can only have one wife. All right, let's say that that's only one wife at a time. It's not polygamy, whatever. Okay. Well, then they go and read over to 1 Corinthians 7. And Paul says that if you get divorced and then remarry, it is considered adultery. Um, because you're still married to that person until death. So they take the thought over here in Corinthians... And the thought over here with Tim Timothy, two different letters to different people, different regions, and merged them together and said, you know, therefore, uh, husband of one wife, you know, if you're divorced, well, you're still married to that person. When in reality, the divorce in and of itself is not a sin. It's frowned upon in the Bible, <laughs> but it's not a sin. Uh, Jesus even gives them, or Moses gives them the opportunity, and Jesus says, it was given to you because of your hardened hearts. And, um, you know, you can't take this scripture over here that says, you know, in this context, you know, hey, you're still married to that person, so therefore it's adultery. If you remarry, just the divorce, you're just divorced. Um, you know, and, and people like to take that husband of one wife and say, oh, sorry, you're divorced. You're disqualified from being a deacon. And I don't, mm. I don't think that's right. Yeah, if there were biblical grounds for the divorce, um, and then if it, you know, if there's other circumstances that need to be evaluated, then you, you go from there. But right, um, yeah, it, you have. I mean, if you have somebody who, you know, I mean, if if the, if there was sin involved and they're repentant, then that's different. Then if there exactly. was sin involved and they're not repentant, and so you have to look at each situation and not yeah just kind of cast you know one kind of shadow over the whole thing but yeah if there's biblical grounds for the divorce um you know again it's it's a it's a different office than elder um and and it's you know what are you going to do every divorced person can never serve in any capacity in the church yeah. whatsoever and so y'all just sit in the back row and but, well there are some the churches problem, 
it's where that, there are some churches where that is mm-hmm. that is the situation. Yeah, right. And the problem that we get is it's the divorce and remarried that's the mm-hmm. issue. Issue, but right. then it's adultery. That's the problem with it. Mm-hmm. Uh, but it doesn't say anything about adultery in the qualifications for a pastor or an elder. So what do you do? Like you can't, you can't just make these things mm-hmm. up. So I do believe it's okay to be divorced and be a deacon. Um, I, again, circumstances matter. Yeah. Um, you know, uh, marriage is incredibly important. We'll talk about it one day. Uh, but essentially, I mean, it's, it's the view of Christ in the church and that needs to be, at the highest of our importance. So deacons can be single. Uh, they can serve uh, faithfully. <clears throat> There's nothing that, uh, you know, we're not to look down on people because they're single. It doesn't negate you from serving in the church. Yeah. Um, deacons deacons take care of widows, orphans, mm-hmm. and I add single moms. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. I was stress, to say, I like, add we that. added that. Not the Bible, yeah. but that wasn't really a thing in their culture mm-hmm. necessarily, you know. Well, and you, if you got a you know single deacon who's taking care of a, uh, you know, a single mom, maybe that's also you know love connection there. Right. Yeah, yeah. and that can get kind of hairy hey, or not. Who knows? I think it's cool. It depends on how the Lord works in that situation. Yeah, yeah. and I mean. I think sometimes we get a little bit too dogmatic about things and we're too, oh, yeah. this is black mm-hmm. and white and it's not. Right. Sometimes it's gray. You know, yeah. it, it, it's really funny because you'll have these people There's... that are, there are no absolutes. Everything is gray. That's wrong mm-hmm. because that's an absolute statement. And there's other people that are like, everything is black and white. Nothing is gray. Well, that's not true either. <laughs> like, it, some things are gray and some things are black and white. The problem is yeah. you've got about 50 shades of gray. <laughs> yeah. Wow. And this is why, as we've continued to say over and over again, read your Bible, know your Bible, mm-hmm. make your Bible the authority for your life. Yes. Um, Not the commentary that you use to interpret it. Right. Renew your mind so that you will know what is the will of God. Uh, you can test these things. Um and, and uh, part of the way in which you renew your mind is knowing the Word of God. Uh, yeah. Prayer, fellowship with the body of Christ. Um, and don't harden your heart to things that you're not used to, that you're not, you know, yeah. some of this stuff that we're talking about with deacons. Mm-hmm. There's probably people that are going to harden their hearts. Soften it. Listen. Yeah. And, you know, if we're wrong, tell us we're wrong. Those people stopped listening to us 20, oh, yeah. minutes, 20 minutes ago. That's so. fine. <laughs> this has been a very um, fruitful discussion about... Yeah. Uh, I thought it was very interesting. The Bible just says, what? Deacons are servants. Yeah. And that's it. We could have have ended this episode an hour ago. Right. Now, Mm -hmm. here's what the Bible says. Done. Done. Right. Um, (laughs) But, yeah, these are important conversations to have. You know, we I mentioned last week, I was kind of questioning, you know, the whole deconstructionalist thing is like, um, but these were things, these were conversations and topics we were discussing, all three of us, we were discussing these things before we ever right. had our experiences mm. in church that we had. So it's not like um, the person that I was listening to, his his whole thing about deconstructionalists and people who do that are, you know, well, they just got mad. Right. And so now they're out to hurt. And the there person. are those people. Yes. Mm-hmm. And I've was questioning that I was one of those people, but you know, as we should, as we talked, it's like, you know, these were, these are conversations we've had while we were serving in church. Right. It's just now we're recording them and putting them out <laughs> on <laughs> the internet right for people. Now. I mean, it's nothing. We've been talking about this stuff for years. Years. Yes, the church has hurt me. Um, but, you know, again, the church, as it was designed by God, if the church will do what has been mandated for it to do, it is the greatest hope for this world. Mm-hmm. But they're so distracted and so bogged down by these things, you know. Like I said, could have ended this episode an hour ago. But 
unfortunately, the church has added on and added exactly. on, and you know we've deviated from what the Bible says, and mm-hmm. we're trying to find our way back. Well, it's not just that they added; it's that they replaced. They replaced instead yeah. of taking care of orphans yeah. and widows, they're doing other things. Right. There's so nothing now, wrong with adding, as long as you don't miss what God has already yeah. told us to do. So now we're out here wandering in the wilderness with all of this baggage and be like, I don't think this is what God intended. Right. And so, okay, what did God intend? Open your Bible. That's right. Find out. So then next week is going to be fun. That's all I'm going to say. So (laughs) you'll have to come back next week. Thanks for listening. For more information on DDS Faith Ministries, please visit our website at ddsfaith.org. And follow us on social media, Facebook, Instagram, and YouTube.